Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. In 2005, as part of the war in Iraq, Lieutenant Colonel Gary Morsh was called up to serve as the field doctor for a battalion near the Iranian border. He wrote this, One day I was supposed to travel by convoy to a military hospital in Baghdad to accompany a prisoner with a severe abdominal infection, but the mission was canceled after a bomb hit a convoy returning to camp. It was the third time in five days that one of our convoys had been hit, so we waited until a nearby combat unit could beef up security. A day later, we headed out. In addition to the anxiety I was feeling as we made our way along the dangerous road to Baghdad, I was also feeling very lonely and homesick. When I realized that it was Sunday and that I was going to miss chapel services again, I grew even more depressed. I decided to fight off my sorrow by listening to some praise music on my MP3 player. The first song I listened to contained these lyrics, Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel His mighty power and His grace. Speeding toward Baghdad, crammed into the back of a Humvee, I sensed the presence of God as never before. I felt enveloped by Him. God around me, before me, behind me, God above me, God in me. I peered through the thick bulletproof window at Iraqis in their flowing robes, their mud-walled houses, children at play, the tall and stately palm trees. And just as surely as I felt the presence of God in that Humvee, I sensed God's presence in all that I saw here in this desolate country with the Shiites, the Sunnis, the Kurds. God was surely here. And I was filled with a deep sense of peace. I was still concerned about the road ahead, but I had a sense of calm and contentment. It had nothing to do with bravery or courage on my part, but everything to do with knowing that God was with me always. And this peace lasted throughout my remaining time in Iraq. In Genesis 39, we are told repeatedly how the Lord was with Joseph while he was in Egypt. And this is where Joseph's strength and peace was found, and it's where ours is found, too, knowing that God is always there. Any ideas that Joseph was ever abandoned by the Lord are removed. The chapter tells us many times that the Lord was with Joseph, neither being unjustly sold into slavery nor forcibly removed from his father and his home, nor being unjustly accused by Potiphar's wife and imprisoned, were events that signaled any temporary loss of God's presence in Joseph's life. God was there through it all, and with Joseph in it all. Genesis 39, verses 1 to 6 read, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, 
and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught that he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. From the pit into which Joseph was cast by his brothers, he was passed into the pit of slavery in Egypt. The caravan of Ishmaelites and Midianites carried Joseph down into Egypt, and he was sold by this caravan for an unknown price to an Egyptian man by the name of Potiphar. The name Potiphar means devoted to the sun. It was a name connected with the religious system in Egypt, which venerated Ra, the god of the sun. Sold into slavery, Joseph had no control over his destiny. He was bought and sold like a piece of property. Joseph's brothers probably expected that he would be sold as a common laborer in a heavy construction project. Yet by God's mercy and providential working, Joseph was sold to an important official in the Egyptian royal court. According to Genesis 37:2, Joseph was 17 years old when he was sold into slavery. Genesis 41:46 tells us he was 30 years old when Pharaoh promoted him. In Genesis 41:1, we learn that Joseph was in prison for two years before his promotion. What all this tells us is that Joseph was a slave in Potiphar's house for 11 years. Potiphar was an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, verse 1 points out. He was a highly trusted officer in the government of Egypt, which was the world's superpower at that time. As captain of the guard, this meant that Potiphar was the head of Pharaoh's personal security force, the soldiers that protected the Pharaoh of Egypt, and who also were the executioners of the sentences passed by the sovereign on criminals and offenders. Verse 2 states, And the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord had previously promised to be with Joseph's grandfather Isaac and his father Jacob. In Genesis 26-24, the Lord told Isaac, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee. In Genesis 28-15, the Lord told Jacob, And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, for I will not leave thee. And we find in this chapter that the covenant-keeping God of the patriarchs was with Joseph, this son of Jacob, who was far from home in Egypt. The Lord did not abandon Joseph. He was present, and he was involved in Joseph's life. And the Lord is with each believer in Christ. We are never alone. We always have the Lord with us wherever we are and wherever we go. It seems odd to read in connection with a slave that he was a prosperous man. How could one be prosperous in the position of a slave? But it was due to the fact of the Lord being with him. Joseph's faithful work was productive and he succeeded in all his tasks. God cared for, protected, and blessed Joseph. Even Potiphar, 
could plainly see that Joseph was blessed and that the reason that everything he touched prospered and was successful was due to the fact of a divine source and that the Lord was with him. By his trust in God and diligent work and blessing from God, Joseph showed Potiphar the reality of the true and the living God. And we can live out this same principle today as others can see the difference that Christ makes in our lives by the way we work and by the way we trust Him. Joseph was a hard and determined worker. When he came to Egypt, he was at a great disadvantage. He knew nothing of the language, the culture, customs, or ways of doing business. With determination, however, he put his head down, he did his job, and he learned Egyptian ways. Because of God's blessing and Joseph's faithfulness, Joseph found grace or favor in Potiphar's sight. And Joseph was advanced in his position, even as a slave. And Potiphar made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. This involved authority as the steward of Potiphar's whole estate. Joseph had oversight over all things, both in the house and in the field, verse 5 says. Potiphar put all that he had or possessed into his hand or under Joseph's care. He trusted him with everything. And Joseph had earned that right in Potiphar's sight. Joseph experienced a tremendous promotion from a common foreign slave to running the household of one of the top officials in all of Egypt. And from the time that Potiphar made Joseph overseer of his house, the Lord blessed his house. The Lord's blessing was on all that Potiphar possessed. Joseph, as well as Potiphar, were experiencing fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. Verse 5 states that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. God promised Joseph's great-grandfather, Abraham, I will bless them that bless thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. The blessing of Potiphar's house was due to Joseph's presence and God's blessing through Abraham's seed. So we see in a small form, in one household, through one of Abraham's descendants, how God's plan in the past was to bless all the families of the earth through the descendants and nation that would come from Abraham. Verse 6 states that Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. Potiphar trusted Joseph so much that he didn't even bother to check up on him. And he never even demanded an accounting. He didn't have to hire a CPA to go over the books. He believed in the integrity of this young man. Potiphar had given him so much responsibility and delegated so much to him that he no longer knew the full extent of his own business affairs or possessions. He knew not aught he had, verse 6 says. And Potiphar concerned himself only with his own meals and the bread that he ate because everything else was taken care of, running smoothly, and was prospering. Verse 6 closes stating that Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. 
The Bible seldom mentions a person's physical traits, but this means that Joseph was handsome in appearance. The reason this is brought out, however, is because of what happens next with Potiphar's wife. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute, but first we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. Grace in Gray Areas is an 18-page booklet taken from Episode 71 of our program, Transformed by Grace. Written and taught by Pastor Kevin Sadler, President of the Berean Bible Society. We cannot ignore the fact that we are all different. We have different viewpoints, different opinions, different pasts, different preferences, different ways of solving problems. As we live by grace, we must receive and accept one another and the differences that are among us. To order your copy, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. This message is also available on DVD. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. Genesis 39, verses 7 to 12 read, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused, and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her, to lie by her, or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. All was going really well for Joseph. He was blessed by God, trusted by his master. Everything was flourishing in the household of Potiphar. He had been there for 11 years and was 28 years old now. But then came a day that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. The sin of Potiphar's wife began in her eye. Casting her eyes means that she cast longing eyes upon Joseph. Potiphar's wife was then undeniably forward towards Joseph. She throws herself at him and boldly tells him to lie with me. But with equal boldness, Joseph refused. He reasoned with her, giving three reasons for his refusal. First, he would not do so based on his gratitude to Potiphar, who had put everything into his hands. Joseph remembered his responsibilities and his master. He remembered how much he had to lose. He was conscious of how much Potiphar trusted him and had honored him. Second, he would not do so out of his respect for her. 
Joseph remembered who she was. You are Potiphar's wife. She belonged to another, and another belonged to her. This would have been, this would have been a great evil against God's institution of marriage. And third, he would not do so out of his fear of God, telling her, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph remembered what adultery actually was, great wickedness and sin against God. He knew that everything was before the eyes of God and that it would be a sin against him and his righteous standard. This chapter refers often again to the Lord's presence in Joseph's life. And Joseph, by this statement, shows he was acutely aware of that fact. And knowing this caused him to turn from this temptation. His duty to God reigned supreme. Obedience to him was his primary responsibility. And thus Joseph met the temptation with moral courage by a definite act and attitude of his will, but he refused. Joseph met this first effort by Potiphar's wife to get him to lie with her. He met it head on and triumphed over temptation. But Mrs. Potiphar refused to take no for an answer. She wasn't to be ignored. She pressed Joseph day after day, working to break down his resistance. Victory over a one-time temptation and victory over the same temptation on a daily basis are two different things. And many who resist at first eventually succumb at last. But verse 10 states that as she spake to Joseph day by day, he hearkened not unto her. Joseph kept his eyes fixed on the Lord. And he refused to budge or weaken, and he continued to resist. Her constant efforts failed in the face of his strong convictions and his faith. Joseph then deliberately and wisely sought to avoid her daily advances by refusing even to be around her or to be alone with her in the same room. But a day came when Joseph went into the house to attend to his normal duties and none of the other servants of the house were inside. This was more than likely a deliberate plan by Potiphar's wife to trap Joseph, having sent all of the men of the house out on errands. Now Joseph and Potiphar's wife are alone. And this time she went beyond verbal advances, and she physically grabbed hold of Joseph. She held on so tightly, that when he struggled to get out of her grasp and dashed out the door, his outer garment was stripped off and left in her hands. Joseph got him out, verse 12 says. No one else was going to get him out. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us that God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. God faithfully provides a way of escape, but we have to take the way out. And Joseph took the way out, and he did the safest thing in this situation, and with this temptation, he ran. He rushed out of the room, and then he rushed even out of the house altogether. And there are times when fleeing 
could be a mark of cowardice, but there are also times when fleeing is evidence of courage and integrity. In Joseph's case, it was a mark of integrity and honor. He was tested but triumphant. Joseph was a spiritual hero that ran away. Now she despised Joseph. Her thought was to humiliate him as deeply as possible for his rejection of her. Now she only wanted revenge. So she fabricated a lie to accuse Joseph using his robe. This is the second time that the Bible speaks of Joseph's garment. His brothers took the one, Potiphar's wife took the other. The brothers tried to hide their sin with that garment, and she tried to hide her sin with this one. In both cases, Joseph had been serving faithfully, but in both cases, Joseph ended up in bondage. Potiphar's wife first called out to the servants of the house and told her tale to them. She explained to them how he tried to assault her, but she cried out with a loud voice to stop him. Now, she might have screamed, but if she did, it was a scream of rage against Joseph. To prove what she was saying was true, she showed them the circumstantial evidence of his robe, stating that she had only saved herself by screaming so loudly that Joseph was frightened away and he left his garment behind in his haste and hurry to leave. Potiphar's wife also shifted the blame onto her husband for having hired and bringing in this outsider, a Hebrew, in the first place. Calling Joseph a Hebrew was meant to heap scorn and show her disdain for him. Not saying his name, she considered him unworthy of respect since he was a foreigner and a slave. She placed the fault on Potiphar for giving a foreign slave, such authority and such freedom around that house, which mocked all of them. And now as a result, this slave had tried to take advantage of Potiphar's own loving and long-suffering wife, which was the implication of her words. After telling the male servants her fictional story, she kept Joseph's coat by her and laid there like a wounded victim. Picture her with her hand on her forehead until her husband came home. And then she repeated her tale of woe and her batch of lies to him. Joseph was innocent, but the circumstances and his position as a slave were against him. Potiphar's response was predictable. And naturally, there was going to be an emotional reaction to such an accusation. He took the words of his wife at face value, and he believed them, and his wrath was kindled. Genesis thirty-nine twenty 20-23 reads, And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. In verse 19, we see that Potiphar's wrath was kindled. But in verse 20, we find restraint by Potiphar and only putting Joseph in the prison. 
Typically, the accusation made against Joseph, a slave, would mean a death sentence. But putting Joseph into prison was probably due to the respect that he had won with Potiphar and also him questioning the full accuracy of his wife's accusation. Joseph was put in a place where the king's prisoners were bound, the part of the prison reserved for political rather than criminal prisoners. Joseph went to prison unjustly accused. His prison experience at first was not pleasant. Psalm 105 verse 18 states about Joseph at this time, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. But think about this. Joseph suffered for someone else's sin. As believers, we remember someone who perfectly resisted all temptation, who was righteous, unjustly accused, stripped of his garments, and who suffered and was punished for the sins of others. Joseph is such a beautiful type of Christ in so many ways. Verses 21 and 23 end the chapter like it began. The Lord was with Joseph. Joseph was not alone. He was never alone. God was with Joseph as much in the prison as he was with him in the palace of Potiphar. God does not forget us or ever forsake us. God is right there with us in every circumstance of our life. Out of his mercy, the Lord gave Joseph favor with the overseer of the prison. And just like Potiphar, the keeper of the prison soon saw that Joseph was capable and reliable, and he placed all the prisoners and affairs of the prison in Joseph's charge. Once again, Joseph rose to a position of authority and proved to be trustworthy enough, again, to not need any oversight by the keeper of that prison. In the most trying of times, Joseph continued to demonstrate a good attitude and a godly testimony for the Lord. And even when he was in the prison, everything prospered in his hand, just as it had in Potiphar's house. God's work in Joseph's life isn't finished. So far, he's withstood the affliction of being hated by his own brother, sold as a slave by them, carried off to Egypt, and now being unjustly accused and thrown in a dungeon. Joseph shows us that God does not guarantee us a trouble-free life. But Joseph also shows us that God is with us always, every step of the way, helping us through every hardship and trial by His mercy, and that His purpose one day will prove to be for good and for His glory. For nearly 80 years, the Berean Bible Society has endeavored to encourage believers everywhere to study God's Word. With this foundation, the believer is equipped to grow spiritually and energized to effectively share the gospel. Through the tools of both traditional and electronic media, we are positioned to reach our world well into the coming generations. Streaming lessons, printed materials, audio teachings, and daily devotionals are all available at the BereanBibleSociety.org. Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. 
The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.